You're listening to the Spandex Power Armor Podcast. Jigs dig giant robots. Right? Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Spandex Power Armor Podcast. This week, we'll be discussing everyone's favourite topic, giant robots. What do you mean your favourite topic isn't giant robots? Get out of here. What kind of a freak are you? Yeah. Joining me is Carmen Ranger, and also joining us in spirit is the ghost of tokutoystore.com. When you want to buy giant robots, or rider belts, or action figures, or common rider gummies... Juicy. They're all juicy. Actually, I tried one earlier today. You sh- you mm. got one for me from MCON. It's very strange. You don't expect it to be what it is, but it do. Yes, indeed. They are indeed juicy. Although they're a lot more floppy than, you, uh, than the adverts make them seem. Tastes a bit like those fruit roll-up sweets you used to get mm. in the UK, and they come in like a little mould tray. Yeah, they're weirdly well uh, packaged for uh, yeah for a kid's snack. Yeah, you expect it to be loose or something, but it's like some sort of present. You can you can tell we're very simple folk. We are impressed by very very mundane things. Oh come on, it's a common Japanese thing. It's like why the hell do the taxi drivers dress up posh? I'm expecting some swarthy guy wearing just a sweater with no undershirt, staring at me and saying, "You're going to pay up, mate." <laughs> but no, while we're on the subject, um, yes, I was indeed at MCon and I met uh, several um, Tokyo aficionados while I was there. Uh, including uh, Will and Jeremy from Toku Toy Store. We've spoken online many times and finally in person and they're both decent bods and I ended up blowing all of my money there. And there's more to come from that in a later episode. And so now we'll return to talking about a very common tokusatsu staple, the giant robot. Yes, indeed. It's, well, pretty self-explanatory. They're robots, they're giant. Enough said. Episode over. Cheerio, guys. When the Japanese want to express something hard enough that cannot simply be expressed in a man in spandex at normal human scale suplexing someone, they have to stick a man in a very bulky robot suit and have him suplex the same person in a set with lots of tiny buildings that you can accidentally fall on and really hurt the small of your back. How many casualties do you think there are? Too many. Too many. I mean, there's all this focus on, say, Godzilla suit actors not being able to breathe in the suits, nearly drowning in water scenes, but I think the giant robots have to have some respect. Well, I mean, you say that, but I mean, there are more opportunities to put air holes and eye holes in a giant robot than there is something that's meant to look organic. I mean, you got like a little vents you could put. Yeah, look at um, look at Mechagodzilla from the Showa suits. I mean, he had little vents in the neck and stuff like that you can see through. With Godzilla, on the other hand, though. Nope, you just gotta yeah, take one look at the set and memorise it instantly. Yeah, but with Mechagodzilla it was the 70s, everything was just for show, not functional. Just for, uh, just for show, uh, was that? Oh no, this is going to be a terrible podcast. What are you talking about, Spandex Power Armor? We do nothing but terrible podcasts. So, what better place to start with giant robots than Super Sentai? I would say that, but actually Super Sentai did not start the uh, the trend in TV stuff. It was actually uh, Spider-Man that really popularized it with the whole kind of summoning a giant ro- uh, robot to fight a giant monster with the Leopardon. Wait, are, are we talking Marvel Spider-Man? Yes, or Spider-Man. No. Why did he get a giant robot? No, no, a better question. Why did he get a giant leopard-themed robot? Bring me up to speed here. Is this Peter Parker? No, it wasn't actually Peter Parker, but it is uh, Marvel Spider-Man. It is Marvel's Japanese Spider-Man. Same suit, obviously kind of slightly different because, you know, it was made in the 70s, so it didn't have the uh, the lenses that the modern movies have. But no, it is Marvel Spider-Man, made with Marvel. Stanley loves it, by the way. 
Um, but uh, he'd have like this little wrist communicator thing that he could shoot webs out of and summon his suit from, that kind of thing. And he'd flip the open it and say, um, you know, change Leopardon, and they would kind of come, transform into a robot, and he'd fight the monster of the week. Okay, why did they not take this on in the West? I am oh, sold. Yes, say that, but they did. Uh, recently, there was, well, I say recently, last couple of years or so, there was a, an event in Marvel Comics called Spider-Verse, where a bunch of alternate universe versions of Spider-Man came in, and Japanese Spider-Man was one of them, and he did summon the Leopardon. Ooh. And I do, now this is hearsay, I've got nothing to back it up, but I have heard that Marvel were thinking of um, making like a, like a mini-series for uh, Japanese Spider-Man. And but uh, Toei backed out when uh, when the Leopardon jobbed hard. It transformed and was BTFO'd pretty quickly. Oh, that is yeah, disappointing. Very disappointing. Then again, pretty much all of the problems could have been solved by the Leopardon stepping on everything. Maybe he just doesn't like to escalate. Maybe Spider-Man follows Power Ranger rules. Is that the Blue Power Ranger? He's the geek. He makes one-liners. Oh, crossover it, when? Crossover never. But that was it was interesting because for a while after that, um, Marvel was um, involved in the production of um, of Super Sentai, and they backed out. Was the last one Sun Vulcan? I think around that time, yeah. Yeah, because um, Battle Fever J was meant to be a Marvel show. It was meant to be a Captain America show. And that, uh, expertly segueing into robots again, that was the one that introduced giant robots into Super Sentai. What did you think of the, uh, what was it, Battle Robo? I really loved the design. It had a really funky looking samurai head. Mm. And I was surprised that they didn't have combining mecha for so long. I think it was Sun Vulcan that had the first one. That was the first combining one, but it wasn't the first kind of uh, transforming one. Not properly. Ah, right. I, I really liked it. It reminds me of uh, Gigantor a bit with how uh, kind of rounded it is and just kind of how simple the um, the shapes are that we used in it. I really do like it, though. I don't think I've seen a giant robot design from Japan that doesn't have the usual big blocky style, not counting Jet Jaguar. Because <laughs> it just seems like a common thing to do and it just clearly denotes robot. Well, someone's clearly not watched Gundam. Those things uh, get progressively less and less blocky all the time. Don't think a person would survive if he's actually in a Gundam suit. <laughs> yeah, the, the waists get a bit narrow sometimes. The funny thing is, they actually did make a, a live-action Gundam movie. In Canada. It's like Ultraman powered. Why? I watched like clips of it on YouTube. I mean, the whole movie's up on YouTube if you're interested. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the gun, the um, the mobile suits aren't people in suits. They're just CGI, and it's Aww. it's shoddy TV movie CGI. Oh, that's pants. It is a bit pants. Did you see that life-size Gundam model they made in Japan a few years ago? Oh, the one with the turning head. Yeah, really neat stuff. I we wish. Need... Go on. We need more stuff like that, like giant robots. Yeah, just giant robot statues. Just give us, and I give us a like life-size Mazinger Z uh, statue or something like that. Well, keep giving it time. Hopefully, the Megabots Karata stool will bear fruit. What was your favourite Showa mech in Sentai? Ooh, favourite Showa mech. We're, unless we're going for the one from Battle Fever J, we're just going on varying shades of blockiness, aren't we? Yeah. Do you, <sighs> like, do you like these blocks or these blocks? This one comes from a robot that's basically legs. Literally just legs. We're talking uh, talking about Sun Vulcan Robo. Oh, yeah, and oh, there's Live Man as well. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go with um, the Live Man robot. I do do love me, Live Man. I'm going for Sun Vulcan Robo. He's leggy. Have you seen the legs on the guy? Well, it's, uh, it's hard not to be leggy when half of you is just a mech that is legs with panels that slide out a bit further. Rex digs giant robots. You dig giant robots. We dig giant robots. That dramatic reading of the Megas XLR theme was brought to you by Carmen Ranger. 
We're still staying in the Showa period, though, as I've been watching quite a few uh, Showa giant robot toku series, one of which is Johnny Sucko and his flying robot, which sounds like the best name for a prog rock group. Are you going to say that you were watching a lot of Showa shows? This this isn't working. I'm going to kick you out. That'll show you. For the uninitiated, who can't tell one screaming Japanese child from another, Johnny Sako and his flying robot, known in Japan as Giant Robo, plainly enough, is about one boy who's part of a crime-fighting team called Unicorn, out to stop a group of bad guys called Gargoyle. It's basically a bit of Ultraman meets a bit of Kamen Rider, but there's a kid that can control a giant robot that can breathe fire, launch missiles out of its hands, and punch things to death. If that's sounding familiar to anyone, yes, it sounds a little bit like Gigantor, and that's because the man who created uh, Giant Robo did create Gigantor as well. It's a very funky design for a robot as well. It looks a bit like that old, uh, was it Twilight Zone or something with the golem? Yeah, I guess. And like an Egyptian thing going on with like this weird headdress thing. That's it. it. It was Moses' secret weapon. I love how little a budget they can operate on in these shows because of the few episodes I've seen of it. One of the enemies is literally just a giant hand on rockets. It's just a giant flying hand that picks things up. I guess Super Smash Bros. had to get the idea from somewhere. It's just so bizarre, but they cleverly mixed in old scenes of the launch and some transport and everything. And interestingly enough, they had the kid get a jetpack. There was a kid with a jetpack and he could command a giant robot. It's every kid's dream, really. It was quite a funky show. It was standard toku fare. It was quite well dubbed as well. It's one of those uh, fine standard fare drinking game. Initiate. Alrighty, let's get the shot glasses out. Standard affair. Hashim! You're weeaboo, mate. Oh, come on. It was a fun series. It's something kids can watch. And it was given like the usual dub. And oh, yeah. The way Showa films are dubbed in the sense that American kids grow up thinking that every Japanese person has a transatlantic accent. <laughs> every little Japanese kid is called uh, Kenny or some variation thereupon. Kenny or Ichiro. And the common insult is banana oil. When surprised, you <laughs> yell, Great Caesar's ghost. <laughs> And when something is effective, you describe it as going through them like crap through a goose. Is that a saying? Is that a thing people say? I think it's a thing people said once, and it was the only thing they could get to sync up with the lips. Actually, I find that, uh, sorry, I'll just call it Giant Robo. It was pretty well designed for exporting to other countries, because a lot of the characters covered their mouths when they spoke for things. Especially when Johnny or whatever the hell the child is just, like, put the watch to his mouth. It was literally a watch. It was just some guy's wristwatch. Put it to his face and then spoke to the robot. Oh, so it was um, an early version of Leafy is Here. That was a uh, topical a few months ago. Not well, anymore. we're slowly getting there. One day we'll post up-to-date memes. Still in the vein of show robots, there's one lovely one I've been watching. It's called Red Baron, and it is some good stuff. Okay, so it's essentially a robot piloted by people trained in ninjutsu fighting other robots. Uh, you're awfully quiet, Ranger. I have bad memories. Elaborate on those memories. Let us share in your suffering. So I've got an Amazon Prime account because I still pay for things. And uh, I was scrolling through one of the other movies and eventually on Amazon Prime, when you're just watching the, the free stuff you get with Prime, you run out of good things like, you know, five clicks in and it's all weird stuff that not even MST3K would touch. So I was scrolling through these things, just seeing how far into softcore porn we'd actually go. And I saw something called Super Riders. And now I've heard of this, because it was a, like a Thai movie that kind of took uh, footage from Kamen Rider 
like one of the Kamen Rider movies, Ooh. and kind of made their own thing with it. So I thought, hey, yeah, that could be fun. This could be a nice waste of a couple of hours. Let's watch this. So I'm watching it, and about 15 minutes in, I think to myself, this isn't Kamen Rider at all. What am I watching? And so I skipped through it, and I see giant red robots, monsters, that kind of thing. And all through it, I'm thinking, well, this, this doesn't even sound like Japanese. This, this almost sounds like German. It took you that long. Well, you know, I'm bad with languages. That's why I can barely speak English. I know they were both part of the same axis, but different sides of the world. <laughs> so with all this, I kind of Google it, and I find out that what I'm actually watching is Robota de Stern, or the, the Iron Superman. And I do a bit more Googling, do a bit, a bit more searching, translating like different um, German Wikipedia pages to find out <laughs> that what I'm watching is a German edit of a couple of episodes of um, Red Baron. And so, because of all of that, I hate Red Baron. That really is a shame, because I've watched a few episodes, and I've enjoyed the hell out of it, although I couldn't find anything with an English sub, so I ended up watching stuff with Portuguese subs, and strangely enough, it taught me Portuguese, because I'm used to all the toku Japanese and stuff. I'm just like, okay, so that means help. That means launch. Very, very bizarre. Que. Que. Puta. Those are the only Hispanic words I know. Those are the, those are the only words you need to know. <laughs> What's that? Oh! It's alright, you got the same vocabulary as a rapper. What? Bitch! <laughs> I'm Lil Wayne now. Care! 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 I would pay to see that. Mexican Lil Wayne. But anyway, Red Baron, it's just your standard Showa Toku fair drink. And. Really? I was thinking it was your standard World War One dogfight fair. But no, it's about typical small organization of people fighting big baddie. It's about it really until some giant robot appears. Hey, why is it that these organizations only ever consist of like half a dozen people? Realize how expensive supervillains are, right? You can't get lots of cheap nukes. You've got to have ones that can take at least two punches. I mean, like uh, things like the Science Patrol, there's like seven people there, and that's including the tag-along kid. You'd think they'd be able to afford like 15 people, surely. I, I mean... don't know, but this band of people is trained in the ninja arts. They are literally trained in ninja moves, and they have cars with massive guns on them. And that's not even the best part. The main lead, who pilots Red Baron, he enters the robot once it lands by r running his motorbike up a ramp, jumping off the thing mid-air, landing on the robot's shoulder and entering through the head. He just saints row threes at him. Ah, so it's Japanese evil Knievel. And, of course, Red Baron looks absolutely horrible. For those who haven't seen him, he looks like some sort of stress toy crossed with a butt plug. Just completely red <laughs> and horrible. The fight scenes themselves, quite good. You've got some genuine sort of punchy goodness going on. Not Red Man level, but it's there. There are explosions. They actually can afford explosions in the show. And oh, that's what I appreciate. The mecha are good. They have decent gimmicks to the enemies. I don't think I'll ever quite get over my trust issues with this now. It's it's scarred me on a on a permanent basis. I really need to watch this from your perspective now, because that sounds so fun to watch with a few beers. Although we do have some non-life-ruining action. Remember Godzilla vs. Megalon? Damn Skippy. I as the first time I showed you that, you laughed your ass off watching Jet Jaguar walk down a set of stairs. To be fair, we'd both been drinking a bit. Uh, a fair amount at the time, but he was just programmed by the buddies to walk outside and get Godzilla fly off. It was just this mundane thing, like this super robot that can change sizes and fly. Just, you know, just walking down some stairs, ain't no thing. It was, it was 
I was sozzled out of my mind and I was watching a, a robot that could change sizes walking down the stairs. It was funny to me at the time. It was the fact that he gave Godzilla a handshake at the end of the film, which was also great, and gave the kid a piggyback ride on his shoulders. Yeah. Piggyback, just, what's it called when you have him just riding on your shoulders? That's a piggyback, isn't it? No, no, piggybacks when... can't remember. People with children tell us, is it a piggyback or is it something else? We can only practice on cats and they don't really like piggyback rides. In terms of design, Jet Jaguar was quite a good one. I think he was a fan suggestion? Oh, wasn't he designed by a kid? Yeah, that was it. I think it was some sort of competition. Yeah, they, they do that a couple of times, because Bailante was the same. Can't tell that was designed by a dentist. It's a very Wait, hang on a tick. The giant plant monster with a giant mouth and tentacles was designed by a, a dentist. Yeah, he'd seen some things. I don't think you're, you're seeing what I'm going for. Son, be a dentist. Oh, Yeah. Wow. Isn't that a weird coincidence? That's kind of spooky. Yeah, well, the universe likes weird sci-fi plant monster jokes. Enough about plant monsters, back to Jet Jaguar. Oh boy. You had a really funky semi-sentai-ish design. You got your red, your gold, your blue, your silver. See, I'd say it's more like an Ultraman design, which oh, is appropriate yes. because during Actually, that... yeah, what the hell? Yeah. Because yeah. during that period, Toho had this weird phase where they were trying to be Tsuburaya because they had that uh, you know, God Man and Green Man going oh, on. Yeah. And they had Zone Fighter, of course, which wasn't as good as I hoped it would be. It was a great Why? disappointment. Here's a bit of trivia for you, actually. Godzilla vs. Megalon is, I think it was sold in Germany or some other country, <laughs> as King Kong vs. Megalon. I don't know, isn't it, um, isn't it Frankenstein in Germany? Like I, I think it's Frankenstein in Germany, King Kong and some others. No, no I'm, I'm certain it's like in... in I oh, know you could be right. No, it's one of the two. It's one of the two, but in one country it was King Kong, and people postulated that that, that they were thinking, maybe that's King Kong in the Jet Jaguar suit. Like, like we're talking like Toho King Kong, he's just like in a very form-fitting suit that kind of trims down his fat, or like a, we're talking like 1933 King Kong, he's just piloting Jet Jaguar in his head. I have no idea anymore, but I now want to see King Kong piloting Jet Jaguar Evangelion style. Kong, get in the Jet Jaguar. <laughs> we'll make Mighty Joe Young do it again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, funny thing, there was, uh, recently I think, a Jet Jaguar fan film oh. featuring M11 played by his original actor from uh, Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah. Wait, Jet Jaguar versus that Terminator knockoff? Yeah. That's... It exists. I think you sent me a few clips of this. It is bizarre but it looks so good somehow it looks like genuine effort was put into it i mean it doesn't look very big budget at all but effort was put into the jet jaguar suit they got the uh, guy who played m11 back i mean how if it weren't for the fact that i couldn't find anywhere to watch it i would have watched it already that is amazing yeah what is up with these fandoms well i think it, i think it was like shown at g-fest or something like that beautiful we need more people like this in the godzilla fandom actually productive people <laughs> Less OCs, more decent content. We don't care what your recolored Godzilla looks like. We don't care how it's related to Super Godzilla. Just make us a stop making it... it red and black. Oh, did they make? Didn't someone make a Godzilla versus the Wolfman movie as well? I think it was based on the original concept. Not hmm. too sure. We'd have to look into that. No, I think I remember like uh, Toho got in, uh, involved and said you can make it, but you just can't have any more money. And they kind of set this rule that you can make fan films, but only if they're under a certain uh, budget. I guess that's fair. I mean, it's better than it's better than going the Nintendo route and just shutting down every fan project. Ah, fair enough. So, uh, big up to Toho, I guess. Yeah, you're uh, not as crappy as you could have been. One thing that always weirded me out with Jet Jaguar was the face. 
She's got these great big empty black eye holes and that funky smile. You're giving me that smile now. That's the grin that says you're not going to survive the night. <laughs> yeah, J- Jaguar's grin is the stuff of legends and in some cases nightmares. I'm very tempted. You know that sound he makes, that metallic sound? I'm really tempted just to replace every instance of it in Godzilla vs. Megalon with that Templar saying, Des Vult. Des Vult. Des Vult. Des Vult. And then maybe just replace Megalon with Isis or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's been mental. And while we're still on the subject of giant Showa robots, I'm going to have to bring up Green Man again. Do we have to? Yes, I've been watching quite a bit more, and I'm going to have to go back on what I said in a previous cast. I've watched more I now know. He is God's holy robot designed to fight Satan's forces. He's literally a robot. Like, why? Just to defend children. What does God need with a robot? No, seriously, why Why does God have a robot? Just send Gabriel down. Actually, we did talk about this earlier. Okay, so if you were to send down a human-looking entity, like, okay, what would you do if you were a parent and you saw a handsome man near your children? <laughs> he thinks that angels look like handsome men. That's where you're wrong, kiddo. Did you just assume the angel's gender? Well, actually, angels in uh, classical lore don't actually look like people. Yes, I know. You've got the cherubim who have those like, many heads, and you've got... Like the, 16 wings or whatever. Yeah, you've got the wheel. Actually, no, I think it's the seraphim that have 16 wings. Something like that. I can't remember which ones are which. You've got seraphim, cherubim, a bunch of others that I can't remember the name of. You've got the archangels. Who are, but yeah, I really want to see a film with those in it. You're listening to the Judeo-Christian Power Armor Podcast. God bless you. Anyway, you're distracting us from Green Man, you monster. Yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. Okay, fine. If the Divine sent down a human-looking entity... Well, no, actually, if they sent down a monster, people wouldn't know which one's the actual monster. They'd just be thinking, why is there a a bull, lion, dragon-headed thing fighting this? They'd think, who should I cheer on? If they sent on, like, a bearded man, they brought Jesus back, they'd be like, why is that bearded man near my children? But if God sent a robot, people would trust it. And it's like, oh my god, it's a robot. (laughs) Like, yeah, you, you can trust a robot. You know what's weird? What? Well, Green Man was produced by the same company at around the same time as another show called God Man. Why was Green Man the one sent by God, and not God Man? Because God Man was smited for putting that in his name. He took it in vain, and the Holy was like, right, that's it, Green Man, get him. I'm going to make my own God Man with blackjack and hookers. And then God Man was banished to hell and hunted by Red Man for eternity. Red Man is basically Satan, right? Oh yeah, basically. He's some sort of divine torturer. Which one do you think is more evil? Belial or Red Man? Oh, Red Man. Yeah, because uh, as much as Belial sucks, I've never seen him murder someone. <laughs> yeah, Red Man is an absolute sadist. The violence in God Man and Green Man is pretty heavy as well. As mm. in, in Green Man, you see God's holy robot straight up uppercutting someone in the face. Well, a monster in the face. But it's just really odd for the plot being his a holy robot. Best part is, though, it can fire missiles from its nipples. Oh, and also Red Baron can do that. I forgot to mention that. I mean, I, I guess he can make a robot do that. It's Japan, you've got to. You can. I'm not entirely sure if you should. The best part, though, is Green Man's passing resemblance to Brent Spiner. And since Brent Spiner only plays the best androids, I've got to keep supporting Green Man. It's such a good series. Just because he looks like Brent Spiner. Yeah. You've been watching a bit too much Star Trek recently, haven't you? Yeah, I've been binging it for like three weeks now. Why did they never make a giant robot in Star Trek? Uh, in the animated series, they had some giant things. They didn't a have a robot, cannon though. boy. I don't know, but they could if they wanted to. I mean, they can make starships that can go at, you know, warp factors of 10 and still, you know, stay, you know, stay intact. They could make a robot. 
Which model of the Enterprise would you rather have as the transforming robot? Like you would pilot it from the command deck? Ha, true question. I'd have the Excelsior. Oh, you. Well, if we're doing non-Enterprise craft, I'd be like, sort of get the massive Romulan D. Deridex things going on. Oh, that's cheating. I know it's mostly empty space, but it's got actual space and dimensions to have things fold out of it. True. Borg cube would just be like, no, 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 what a Borg cube would do oh, is no. it would merge Zuoja style yes. with two of the ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, imagine that. Wadaborgo Kingu. I want this to be a thing now. <laughs> oh. I am Yamato of Borg. Actually, you've got the uh, Zuo Changer. I might mod that to play Borg sounds. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're doing. We're doing a Sentai Star Trek crossover. Wait, no, wasn't there a, um, wasn't there a spherical Borg ship as well? Oh yeah, you're right. You just need to make... A QRNO that's big enough to hold it? Man, if they had one that size, the junk matter would be nothing. Actually, yeah. But then again, keep in mind, QRNO is very, very small. Yeah, it's like one of the smallest uh, mechas I've got so far. I'm wondering if they keep the scale when it's alongside other series mecha, because it's a bit odd to see that crossing over with, say, Zuoja stuff, because with hmm. Zuoja, it's typical massive mech. Yeah. With Q-Ranger, you can tell the scale because you can see the little pilots inside. Yeah, what you want to do is you just want to keep them in like this, um, the cockpit on the inside so you can't see what's going on. It's only marginally bigger than the Megazord from the uh, recent Power Rangers movie. See, I was doing okay until you mentioned that. Can we not? Oh, fine. Can we not? You're just salty that there'll never be another Krispy Kreme team-up. Krispy Sentai Kreme Ranger. We keep on talking about things we want, but we'll never get. Like a decent design for Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2. Oh, we had that. It was in the poster. Well, yeah, it, actually in the poster, that was the best thing ever. You had some mm. massive war machine, but we ended up with something that looked like a knobbly silver-painted turd. No, no, it looks like a butt plug. It looks like a butt plug. We'll have to Google Mechagodzilla butt plugs after this. This is for science. No, I, I, I hate Mechagodzilla from the Heisei series and, you know, Super Mechagodzilla by extension. It's The fights were disappointing. It was just beam-spamming. The roar was bland as well. Yeah. It didn't have the mechanical reing of the first one, or the really, really cool yeah. morphed Godzilla roar from Kiryu. It didn't have any personality either. The, the pre, the um, you know, show Godzilla, Mecha Godzilla, had a decent bit of personality. You can tell he uh, he liked what he was doing, oh. and Kiryu had that weird kind of you know Evangelion thing going on. Well, it's no real contest comparing Kiryu to the other Mecha Godzillas though, because it's the best. So Rex. Out of the three Mechagodzillas, which is your favourite? Kiyu, dude. Nice. Like, come on, he's got shoulder-mounted hair dryers. The, the Garuda gimmick was kind of cool in the second film, it just wasn't played up on much. Isn't it convenient how a, uh, a, a plane that they built independently of Mechagodzilla just so happened to be easily modifiable to clip onto a giant robot's back? It's Japan. There's, that's a contingency for every piece of technology. <laughs> Have you seen the Shinkansen? It obviously combines to make some sort of giant robot. No, Kiryu is definitely the best. I love how he gets like a drill hand in the second one. Yeah, that was basically because they lost so many parts to actually be useful in destroying Godzilla. They added whatever. They lost the <laughs> what was it the absolute zero cannon? Oh no, they could, they just couldn't repair it. In yeah, time. all right. And you need like a massive artificial diamond to focus the beam. So they just stuck a maser on, despite knowing that it doesn't do diddly to Godzilla. Oh no, it's not a maser. It's a it's a, it's a hyper maser. Oh, hyper maser. Basically, just the same thing. It, it's just got yeah 
two more on the. Well, I think they just put it in there just to uh, fill up space. Gotta have some beam spam attacks. Yeah, it's a Mechagodzilla movie. Have you seen that remote-controlled Mechagodzilla? No. There's a remote-controlled show of Mechagodzilla, and anything that you can see it do in the show, apart from actually fight, it can do. Like, you know that whole bit where it's introduced, like, you know, the hands spinning around, the, um, like, his eyes flashing, that kind of thing, mouth opening. There's a button on the controller that lets him do that. Whoa. His head spins around like he's doing his force field. It, fi- it faces backwards so he can open his mouth and fire a weapon. Yeah, he's got little... Um, little lights in his feet and toes and knees so it looks like he's firing off his missiles oh it wow. does all this stuff there's all little actions he does walks and all it's it's great i'd have to take a loan out to afford that probably oh it is expensive as balls it's like that uh remote controlled mothra larvae they had as well oh wow it was basically just like a mini version of the thing they use in the films i know what i'm saving up on a mortgage yes to get the <laughs> To get the funky-ass remote control things, I did like Mechagodzilla 1's design. Well, technically Mechagodzilla 2 was in terror of Mechagodzilla, but they're pretty much the same visually. Oh, yeah. It was very disco. It was very 70s-era robots, but I loved how they used that to mimic Godzilla. Reminds me of, uh, of a little bit, in the body at least, of Preston from Wallace and Gromit. Oh, God, you're right. Just kind of how barrelly it looks. Yeah, and then they've got the funky tubing connecting the limbs, where you can obviously tell how the actor moves. Yeah. See, I do think that Mechagodzilla, the first two Showa ones, are the best, some of the best Showa suits, because it, you know, it achieves better um, what it aims to do than some of the suits, like uh, like the later Godzilla suits. I did like some of the background lore for Mechagodzilla too, because in the Heisei period, it was one long plot, how it was built from the remains of Mecha King Ghidorah. Oh yeah, and then Mogera was built from the remains of that. So the theory is basically, here's this powerful thing that died, let's make a weaker version of that, and then Mogera was, well, waste not, want not. We've got these bits, we may as well use them. Mogera was kind of pants, actually. I think he was just Only a plot kind of. point to discover Space Godzilla. Well, no, because they had the space station for that. Oh yeah. Why did we have Mogera in that? Maybe as a reference to the Mysterians? I mean, it's not a bad design, but... But why Mogera? Well, can they actually they could have done a similar thing with the Gotengo. Oh, imagine oh, they that. could have done that. Space Gotengo. I mean, they they did that in the uh, one of the NES games. I think you have a bunch of Gotengo flying in space. Whoa! Hang on, I need to get this game. Right. Or maybe it was a SNES game. It was in one of the games, though. Like they were out a bunch of Gotengo, and then Godzilla was in space and stuff. Maybe it was Super Godzilla. Maybe you were dreaming it. Don't say that. I want it to be real. We all want it to be real. What I want to be real? What? Actual Gotengo. Well, yes, we'll get that eventually once North Korea decides to finally bomb someone. <laughs> I did like Mogura's combining attributes, so you had a pointless drill thing in a pretty decent aircraft. Oh, what was it called? The, um... Land Mogura. Yeah, like, what was it? Star Falcon or something? Oh, yeah, the really badass name. Yeah, then, then just Land Mogura. Well, right. Mogura means mole, so... Land Mole. Land Mole. Why did the Mysterians call a giant robot mole big drill nose moles have drill noses right it's like swordfish yeah, that's a good point actually i mean all the moles i've known have had drills for noses but maybe that's just really weird taxidermy actually i'm gonna do that i'll start a taxidermy business with japanese depictions of western animals just be a mole with a drill nose help me like a host sociopath <laughs> oh, i'll taxidermy everything <laughs> It starts with moles and it ends with people. Oh, that's my screenplay sorted out. Thank you. No problem. Oh, no, it's like that uh, Kevin Smith movie with the walrus. Oh, yeah. 
That was a uh, Tusk was interesting. It really uh, plays on my very specific fears. It's very disturbing body horror. Yeah. Even though it's meant to be like a parody. Yeah. I just have this in- intense fear of being changed. Yeah. Are you aware of the source material that the guy got the inspiration for the movie from? Please tell me it's not the poem from Alice in Wonderland. No, no, no. Oh, thank it's goodness. actually uh, this one, I think it was a post on the internet of a guy looking for a roommate where all the, the bills are paid, the utilities are free, and you also get food. But in exchange, you have to spend the entire time in the apartment dressed as a walrus. <laughs> you have to be in the walrus costume all the time. Yeah, I don't know if I love or hate Kevin Smith. I think I might love him for that. It's a very odd thing, and he just decided to make a body horror movie out of it. Bless you, Kevin Smith, and your, your really big jorts. It's also like Safety Not Guaranteed, the old newspaper bit with the time traveller. Welcome to Tangent Powerama. Oh yeah, what we're we talking about again? Jason David Frank. That's Jason it. Jason David Frank. I think Jason, Jason David Frank David was my Frank. favorite part of Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla. Jason David, I mean, especially Jason when he went David, into space and then Jason he David separated Frank, into Jason Star David, David and Land David. Jason David Frank. Anyway, Jason David Frank. Enough of our Jason da, 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 David da, 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 Frangent. Jason David oh, Frank. Help. Jason David. Frank. I've got him started. <laughs> we love you, Jason David Frank. We do? Yeah. Praise Jason David Frank, I've transgressed. <laughs> we'll begin the ritual flaying shortly after this recording. But yeah, Mogira, is there anything else to really add? Actually, have you seen them? You've seen the Mysterians, yeah? My dude, I own the Mysterians. Best thing I got from, well, the only good thing I got from London that one time. All oh, right, I've never actually watched it. What is Mogira like? Is he just a great big... He just walks around, breaks stuff, they beat him. Ah. He actually walks as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was used to him with like weird tractor tread things. You know what really bothered me about Mogera in the uh, in Space Godzilla? Go on. Well, he has tractor treads on his feet, right? Yeah. They don't look anything like tractor treads, do they? Yeah, they're like, like little tank treads. Yeah, but we never see them move. Because that's expensive. But we, we never see them move. They're not tractor treads. But don't yeah, think... You... I swear I've seen them move. No, they don't move. His feet don't move. Like, like it, we do see him step and walk normally, very briefly. But like he moves like he's meant to have tractor treads on his feet. And the bits on his feet that look like they should be tractor treads, those are just moulded on, they don't move. Well, that's kind of cheap. Yeah, right? Always bothered me. I mean, if you, they, I think they move in the games, which is fine. They, um, they had a lot more uh, manoeuvrability in the games. Then again, the games were kind of weird because Jet Jaguar was OP. You used to spam him all the time. Well, look, if it works... Yeah, Mogira was good. I liked Mogira. I, I liked the design. It was a really cool robot thing that just wasn't that useful in the film. I guess he's like uh, like the black guy in a horror movie. He just exists to be killed to prove how uh, threatening the villain is. Ah, uh, true. It's always the black guy or the funny guy that goes first. That's usually the black guy that goes first. Funny guy goes soon after, though. No, no, no. Like in, I think it's Friday the 13th part. I think it's three, the funny guy goes first. Watch any Friday the 13th part, movie past the second one. <laughs> oh, come on. Number six is really cheesy. It's like, okay, Jason's brought back from the dead. What about Jason X? We don't talk about Jason X, but is it technically Toku? Well, it does involve special effects, and there's a bloke in a suit. So, yes... Is someone eventually going to put, like, Jason X versus Godzilla on their deviant art profile or something? I guarantee someone has already done that. Hallelujah! Our God is a loving one. Thank you, Mr. Frank. We're going to step away from Godzilla for a bit and go back to some 90s Sentai. My first proper experience with giant robots aside from Godzilla was, obviously, Power Rangers. You had the Megazord, and you had all that funky dinosaur stuff and combining and everything. And that was just the thing that 
stuck with Sentai, no longer had the big clunky boxy things, you had things combining into a bigger clunky boxy thing. It's as nature intended. I do like um, some of the kind of sentient mecha that were in um, that were introduced in the 90s a lot more, like uh, like Daijujin and the Guardian Beasts and Juranger. All right, so what are the differences between, well, obviously the great big Megazord stuff and the Daijujin? Daijujin is God. Okay. Like actual God. So did he create Green Man? Go back to fanfiction.net. No. No, I mean, like, uh, like it's God. He's like split into like five parts. They coalesce back into into God. Sure, that's Hinduism. Don't <laughs> think that's Sentai. That's Hinduism. I was near that Daijujin was the one true path. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got the Hindu God who's a Tyrannosaurus Rex. You've got the Sabertooth Tiger one. You've got, <laughs> you got the Mastodon Ganesha. No, they did uh, something similar in Die Ranger where the mecha were, um, were, were sentient. The, uh, the Sentai version of um, Serpent Terror was um, some kind of demigod as well. They had a very odd divine period, didn't they? Yeah, everyone goes through that weird spiritual part, but most people kind of get out of it once they finish university. Just Sentai writers who are like, hey, I've had a bit of an awakening. How about they pilot a giant robot that's god? Actually, that would be kind of cool. But then who would be in control? Yeah, actually, that always bothered me when I was watching Ranger. Why does Daijujin need the Durangers to, to pilot him? And are there in situations where it actually struggles? So it's like the age-old question, can God create a boulder that not even he can lift? Well, we do see Daijujin doing his own thing. Like um, like in the battle, in the fight between um, Burai and Geki, um, Daijujin's in the background saying, Do it! Do it! Do it! <laughs> so uh, Daijujin's Emperor Palpatine, is he? Did he ever tell you the tragedy of Darth Golda otherwise? <laughs> Is it possible to learn this power? Not from a ranger. Oh, well, I now want to see this in the inevitable Zio movie. <laughs> Did you I... say Darth Goldar the wise? Yeah, Darth Goldar. Well, there was some knowledge, then he just ate a lot of lead paint and joined Greta's <laughs> Bunch. I'm really disappointed they didn't use the Neograforza suit for bringing Goldar back. Yeah, in um, in Dino Charge, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's neat that they introduced the uh, the Neo Galdon um, suit, but it still bothered me that it was just like a, his own thing. It wasn't anything from, um, from Dino Thunder. They really messed out on an opportunity to bring back the classics and make references. That's because uh, Mitt Barmick hasn't been a member of the uh, star for a while now. Ah. You can guarantee that if he was still part of it, it would be a crossover with Dino Thunder. That is a shame. I really wanted that Tsukuyuji movie to do it because he had all three teams and all three mecha as well. I think it's because um, Austin St. John is part of a uh, a different... Oh, he's part of... I think it's because of his, he's actually part of an actor's union and it's... They don't like actors' unions over at Saban's. They don't. Uh, they don't get them over if they can help it. You don't have rights. You're Power Rangers. <laughs> Workers' rights. You belong to Saban now. You're gonna make less than McDonald's employees, and you're gonna like it. Funny thing is, the um, the original actors from Power Rangers at some point, at one point, did say that they were making uh, less than your average McDonald's employee on the show. That's really depressing. Yeah, right. That's why. Um, that's why there were. Um, going for, uh, you know, they were asking for better pay, and then they were uh, their characters were sent off to a peace conference. Well, uh, that's really, really depressing. How the hell did we get from giant robots to this? In the end, everything comes down to money. What do you think was the most expensive Sentai robot suit to make, as in flashiest? That's a good question, actually. At this point, I think they've probably got um, it down to a you know, pretty decent signs like they can get the formula right and get it done fairly cheaply no matter how intricate they're going for um i don't know maybe the first one because it's something they hadn't really done before for it 
They're like, what do we do? Does it have to be gold-plated? Yes. <laughs> Battle Robo must be blingy. Hey, do you remember when the uh, the giant robot would have its own little carrier thing that would fly in oh, and spit yeah. it out? That was a weird thing that they just stopped. Was it, wasn't it Life Man that did the last one of that? Because it had the, yeah, that big turtle thing. I really wish they brought back carriers. They did have a, um, a carrier in, um, in, uh, in Duranger and um, Dyranger. It was um, it was Titanus and Tor in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but it wasn't like a carrier thing that would um, transport ah, the, uh, the right. mecha from place to place. It was a thing that would that the mecha could sit in it. Oh wait, no, no, I'm wrong. Arbor Ranger had the Brachiosaur um, thing, and that oh, wouldn't yeah. actually combine with anything. The uh, the other dinosaurs would just go inside it. That's weird. It's really weird. This is Sentai we're talking about. Yeah, but this is like a living thing, and other living things live inside it. <laughs> Giant robot unbirthing. Oh, let's uh, let's let's avoid that. Yeah, you've ruined up Ranger for me now. I hate your Rex. Since we're fans of a lot of the dinosaur Sentai slash Power Rangers, you know you like Dino Charge. Stop lying to yourself. Which of the three would you go for? As in Daijujin whatever the hell the other Ranger one is, and cure using. I gave the Dino Thunder Megazord. It's, I liked it. It was pretty nice and um, streamlined, and it didn't have a um, a giant T-Rex head shoving, uh, shoved off on its uh, shoulder, and an arse on its other shoulder. Ah, oh, yeah. It's an actual arse that farts in an episode. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, why does it, why do the robot have an arse? Don't ask me, ask Japan. See, I prefer Kyoyuzen. It's just so lively. It's like, okay, here's a dinosaur that it can rotate but leave its legs, so those are now the mecha's legs, and then it just attaches arms onto it. Yeah, but drill arm. I know, but why would you want a drill arm when you can fart? What would demoralize the enemy more? Oh, no, he's got the same giant drill we've seen used from, well, forever, or holy cow, this thing can fart. This is a quick aside to the audience. Do you ever realise you've made a mistake with uh, your choice of peers? I hey, think I just have. Farting doom robots, come on. You're a show villain, aren't you? Yes, I am. In fact, I'm going to kidnap some Japanese children, and then I'm just going to make them sad while my monster collects their tears and uses them to make a special expensive brand of saltwater taffy. The true evil is that the quality of the finished product is incredibly low, but I sell it for about 50,000 yen a piece in supermarkets. I'm talking like the price of a watermelon. Ah, uh, so you're selling it to hipsters then as health food. Yeah, exactly. What health taffy? I could do that. Actually, no. I sell it to body body positive wealthy hipsters. You could do it. It's healthy because it's made from water. While we're still focusing on Sentai Mecha, I'm just going to bring up the series with the best mechs. It's got to be GoBusters. Yeah, the Japanese kids don't really know what they're talking about because they didn't buy these toys at all, did they? That's why it didn't become successful enough. But no, think about the designs. It's not as blocky as typical Sentai. Mm. It's got pretty realistic, cool design. Hang on, it transforms from a giant car. Fine, it's not realistic. But it actually looks good. It has a decent-looking face. The rest of the body looks sort of natural. It was actually designed by an organization, so it's got to work together. Also, giant sunglasses. Oh, yeah, it does wear giant sunglasses. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, a transforming car turns into the base mech, and then the gorilla mech then <laughs> merges with it, and the rabbit helicopter thing. It's low. It sounds like a really odd concept, but it works so well. It's... It's beautiful. It, I th I'd say that GoBusters has the best mecha design Sentai's ever had. 
Oh yeah, with, especially with Go Buster Hercules when they oh. added the Beatle theme stuff. Yes, it did become a bit of a mess when they had basically the mech standing on several different bits of mech and then just not even walking, just rolling in. That was very confusing. Yeah, that brings up something I brought up uh, last last episode, I think, where when yeah to give a mech height, it just has it stand on something from another mecha, and it doesn't actually add anything proportionally to it. It just makes him look like he's got thicker soles. That mech didn't really have much in the way of actual motion. It just had a big staff, and the, by the look of it, the suit actor could not move in the thing. Well, he could move his arms and his arms. Yeah, a bit. you can just get drive-by shots. I don't think the guy could actually move in it. I think it could drift though, like when it kind of oh, stop giving me around. things I'll never get. That is beautiful. Deja vu. I've just been in this drifting place robot. Not only were the hero mechs great. Also, the villain mechs in that series were top-notch. They were even mm. called Megazords. Which is why I just kind of feel bad that it wasn't adapted into, uh, into Power Rangers. They, they tried. They wanted to uh, to make it a Power Rangers thing. It would have been so meta. Mm. And basically, for the designs for the Megazords and that, there were four basic ones. I think there were two that were first shown, and basically the abilities from the Monster of the Week were then placed on them, so you had bits of that monster on yeah. them. It's like they were doing really bad cosplay of it. It was really interesting, like, you'd have the same base thing over a couple of episodes, but they'd have different little add-ons, like if it was like a, like a crane monster of the week, it had a little bit little hooks and cranes on it, stuff like that. It was a... Uh, I liked it. It's a cheap way of doing it, I think, but it also works from a kind of a pragmatic point of view in-universe as well. Oh, yeah, you basically had an organisation fighting an overrun part of itself that was able to produce these mechs and then load the data from the monsters. Just further proof that GoBusters was a work of genius and is sadly underappreciated because bloody Japanese kids didn't like the robots. I especially love the design that was based on Gold's design, so you had your GoBuster Hercules one, and so the Megazord design for that was this strange, organic-looking parasite thing that crawled out of the back of another one hmm. and just piggybacked its way through, like, whatever the hell warp thing they used. And that was so cool. GoBusters in general was cool. This uh, the rest of this episode will just be us gushing about how much we love GoBusters. Pretty much, yeah. GoBusters was an amazing series. One of the few downfalls in the series only being how listless Red was. He was so down all the time, and he was just not even cynical. He was just really depressed and triggered by chickens. Yeah, that was a that was a weird weakness he had. Which was kind of odd because his best friend that he grew up with since childhood was a robot who could turn into a motorcycle. I wish my best friend was a motorcycle. Everyone wishes their best friend was a robot that turned into a motorcycle. It's like Heat Vision and Jack, but manageable, I guess. That character just has no real reason to be such a bore. Even including, like, the mollycoddling he got from his sister, it's just completely boring for him. He's kind of unsympathetic because... Come on, man. I mean, yeah, you lost your parents, but that was years ago. Get over it. Come on, you know, parental death. We know you're not a therapist. I know, I'm the best therapist. None of my patients ever come back. <laughs> Blue was okay. He was just adults getting on with things, having to take on burdens, but he just had a lot of roid rage. And Yellow had diabetes. Yeah, that was that was it. Hers was diabetes. Because she was, like, always constantly going really fast and stuff, but then she Got just... Fast. She just could not deal with low blood sugar. I'm Yellow Buster. 
And I'm here to talk to you about diabetes. She is ultra-diabetic. That's the best way to explain Yellow Buster. Of course, we can't go too long uh, talking about Go Busters without talking about the true stars of the show. Beat J. Stag and Masato Jin. Even though this episode was supposed to be on giant robots, we still care about Beat J. Stag because he is as big as his personality, and that makes him a very, very big robot. Oh, the geez. ultimate egotist. He's tall. He's not giant. He's a robot, but he's big. That counts. He's a very, very massive nanobot. He's got broad shoulders. That works. Well, it doesn't really work for the Romulans, but still. Yeah, they're not robots, though, and that's that's why they suck. Uh, send in the Borg. But anyway, Jay. Jay. Just Jay. He is the he's best. Love. He's life. Actually, for those who have seen the British comedy series Peep Show, he's like super hands. <laughs> he's just the one who's always in the background, and he's absolutely crazy. Just yeah. picking a fight with a piece of playground equipment. Except I don't recall, um, I recall Beat, uh, accident, well... And a drunken binge, getting weirdly intimate with Masato. <laughs> or running all the way to another city. <laughs> oh man, is there going to be an episode where, um, where, where they tie Beat to a, uh, to a bed and he's trying to go cold turkey on Enatron? <laughs> <laughs> Just attach them to a frisbee and throw it away. <laughs> Absolutely mental. We've sort of run out of robots to talk about, so we'll just keep talking about our favourite small one. Jay is great. He's our favourite semi-drunkard. He'd always be there as a sort of punchline thing, so he'd be like, I'll be the one to do this. <laughs> they do their Sentai roll calls, and he's like, and me. Go Busters featuring Beat Jay Stag. <laughs> Who'd win a fight between Beat Jay Stag and Jason David Frank? Ooh. The J in Beat Jay Stag stands for Jason David Frank. <laughs> Actually, back to, uh, back to robots. Does Machini Tasha count as a giant robot? Sort of. It is a large robot, but it's yeah. also non-canon. For the uninitiated, Machina Tasha is from unofficial Sentai Akiba Ranger. It's basically one of those tricked-out Atasha cars that turns into a robot. It's only on screen for a very short period, but it's actually quite a cool design. Weirdly good CGI as well, surprisingly. Yeah, it's very odd. Then again, it's used sparingly, so they don't need to keep it on screen for that long. I love how it does that um, weird kind of dancing they do at, like, uh, idle oh, events. Oh, yeah, that's weird. But this leads to an important thing. When will there be giant robot Parapara? Sadly, never. There will be at some point. We like initial D, but with uh, <laughs> with giant robots. How would that work? Would the robots be the cars that then transform? Actually, imagine initial D crossing over with Transformers. Like, instead of being actual humans doing the driving, it's Transformers <laughs> intentionally becoming riced-up cars <laughs> and just street racing. Autobots. Drift. Oh, that would be so cool. And they, no, no, and for like names, instead of being tech terms, they take on Eurobeat aliases. <laughs> oh, no. You've got like John Hammer or something. Just absolutely <laughs> mental. And they're all led by Dave Rogers Prime. <laughs> <laughs> Voiced by Giancarlo Pasquini. <laughs> oh, I, I need to petition this now. I need to sell this. And then it can tie in with the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. And then it has Vin Diesel racing. <laughs> yeah, funnily enough, uh, because of the way um, the audio is mixed in the Blu-ray version of Tokyo Drift, it is very easy to take... You can you can take the audio track out of it, but keep the uh, keep the dialogue in. You can take the soundtrack out, which has led to some people putting in um, Initial D and uh, Eurobeat tracks in it. Just oh in the, uh, my scenes. god. I yeah. need to discover this. This sounds amazing. It improves the film immensely. Eurobeat can improve any Vin Diesel film. Eurobeat has improved this podcast. We'll probably get like a like a million viewers just from mentioning it. 
right? Yeah, it's definitely right. a big thing in the West, right? Got a well, our largest listening group is in America. You know what's great? America sure loves that music made by Italians in broken English for the Japanese, right? It's a it's a very popular genre over there. Yes, it's right up there with those twenty-one pilots of theirs. Twenty-one whole pilots? I know, right? How big is that mecca? Twenty-one whole pilots, and they're all schizophrenic, apparently. Talk about unlucky. Actually, thinking about it, you know the designs for Ho-Oh Soldier's mech and Q-Ranger when it combines with everything? Presumably. Will, will everyone be piloting it? Oh, oh, you're right. My goodness. Would it be less of an actual combined effort or just people operating different modules on it? Again, like a Federation starship. All right, this is something that's always bothered me. Why do they need like all five or however many Rangers there are in the cockpit? Who, who controls the mech? Which series are you specifying? Oh, we're just talking about like general Sentai stuff. Well, it's more like a group effort. Maybe when they've got the cockpit thing, they can see different readings and they control different things. I know, but I mean, if you've got stuff like Voltron, like each individual paladin controls their individual line, which, how do you do that? It's, it's Really, it's really stuff. focused coordination. In practice, having to coordinate things that way manually would be highly impractical because hey, you've got two different people responding to it. If it were an AI, that's fine. But with people, there'd be an obvious delay. It'd be a nice, long, slow thing. But I'm still waiting for that Megabots Karatas thing. If it's piloted by each person doing an individual limb, that would be crazy. You're saying that giant robots are impractical? A little bit, yeah. That's why we just have big guns. We don't need giant robots to carry them. We just stick treads there. Actually, oh god, it was long, long ago. Have you ever heard the old fan-made Godzilla outtakes recordings? Basically, they got scenes and just replaced the dialogue with things, and they were trying to explain how they were making Kiryu. So it's like, first we get the bones of Godzilla, <laughs> then we place them in a massive cyborg suit, and ah, screw the whole thing, let's just make a giant knife on wheels. <laughs> <laughs> I'll need to drag those out from somewhere yes, and please. send them to you. Some of them are kind of cringy, but they are quite solid. That reminds me of the um, the popular quibble with Pacific Rim that people bring up. Like uh, they have these rocket launchers that's actually they're actually pretty uh, effective with um, the kaiju. Why don't they just put those around the portal and just leave them be? Oh yeah. But that, bring, uh, that reminds me, Pacific Rim 2, uh, was it? Pacific Rim Uprising is coming out fairly soonish. I'm looking forward to that, actually. I yeah. love the mech designs from the first Pacific Rim, although they just weren't used as much. It's just an obvious focus on the big, awesome new one that they had. Yeah, it's. Uh, I like how diverse they are. Like, um, what was the. Um, oh, Cherno Alpha, like the big Russian one, is just like a, a brick wall on legs. Ah, yeah, is that the one with the massive reactor looking head? Yeah, the big um, rectangle cylinder, whatever it is, thing that's got going on there. After after that, I don't think they actually realised what they were calling them because they just put different words together. They got they got tacit Ronin, like Gypsy Danger. I think you know when people get those novelty dice, like those weird erotic dice, where it's like lick <laughs> elbow, nuzzle eyes. They just had that, but crossed out certain words. It's Gypsy Nipple. Oh, hang on, Danger, Danger, <laughs> Danger, Will Robinson, Danger. But no, the. Um, the new main mech in uh, the second one is going to be called Gypsy Avenger. Ooh, edgy. That's pretty badass. But I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that. It's, I like Pacific Rim 1. I'm just disappointed they didn't make the sequel sooner. Well, yeah, but that simply means they're putting effort into it and time, not like the Mass Effect franchise. Yeah. A rushed production leads to horrible results. We're getting something that time has granted us. I hope you're listening, EA. We're looking at you. 
EA listen to the podcast, right? It's like the whole company. Oh, yeah, they're going to find a way to sue us somehow. Oh, boy. We mentioned Mass Effect Andromeda without paying them fees, so we're kind of stuffed. God forbid we talk about Fallout then. Don't worry, we'll get our own back in Spandex Power Armor Sue Everyone, the movie. <laughs> and so this brings our brief discussion of our favourite giant robots in Toku to an end. Have we missed any? Are there any giant robots that we haven't discussed in detail or even discussed at all? Please Too tell nice. us in our comment sections for any of our posts on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and sometimes in your dreams if you're very, very lucky. Just think hard enough and you will come into the dreamlands and you can tell it to our faces. Then we'll have a proper giant robot fight. But otherwise, just stick to the social networking sites if you're not much of a lucid dreamer. Oh, don't worry. We'll do the work for you. See you tonight. And just a reminder that this podcast is sponsored by tokutoystore.com in case you want to buy a giant robot in small, comfortable, handheld form. Yeah, but come on. You want a big one, don't you? Maybe you can build a big one out of lots of little ones. Oh, you mean like get all the um, the cube animals and just slowly stack them one on top of the other until yeah. you get like a 50-foot one? It's like a guy making a Lego brick out of loads of Lego bricks. It's possible, it's kind of a waste of time, but sod it, why not? It might work. Time to divert all my funds into just buying cubes. I don't think Japan produced enough Zuoja toys to do that. I'll buy the country and make them make more then. You're going to have to go Grinch on so many Japanese kids. <laughs> You're a mean one, Mr. Ranger. Does that mean I'm the dog? Shouldn't put the antler on. Yay! Anyway, we're gonna go off and steal Christmas. This is Rex signing off. Stay fabulous. Keep on riding, folks. <laughs>